in situations like these, which are these high leverage spots, it's important that you do have some um, systems that you can fall back on, some thought processes that can at least like push you to an answer that will work. Hey, what's up, GP13? Welcome to the latest episode of the Risk Takers Podcast. Today I wanted to do, well, basically what happened was I was kind of, uh, there was an interesting event that happened when me and Dan Dollar were betting the Ryder Cup, and we were very unsure of what our bet size should be in the situation. There was actually two situations, and I think it's it's good to talk about because People think that there's such a formulaic way to bet sizing, which would be, you know, known as the Kelly criterion. Most, you know, that's the, what most people use. And it seems very simple, but the reality is pretty much every good sports better I know doesn't really lean on sport on, on Kelly that much. Instead, they, as, you know, I think as I've, you know, been doing this longer and longer i've actually shifted away from kelly more and more and i'll think about things that you know consider my mental state um and other there's other considerations so i wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about this and i wanted to create an episode that just talks about bet sizing bankroll management um and some unique spots where you're you're gonna have to think outside the box and how to think about these these spots with no math because a you know math isn't really conducive to a podcast i can't i've never been one to learn math um without anything besides you know seeing someone do the math you know visually and then two i don't think you you really need math to really get like 95% of the way there with your bet sizing, with your bankroll management. So first, I just want to give a brief overview of how Kelly works. And Kelly is the Kelly Criterion invented by John Kelly. And it's basically a very clean mathematical formula that tells you how much you should bet in any spot. And I'm not going to tell you the formula because this is not an episode about math. The point, though, is we got to know a couple things about Kelly. Basically, Kelly wants to bet more when you have a bigger edge on the bet or you have a higher likelihood of winning. And let's just break down two examples quick, and then we can move on to kind of the more interesting stuff. Basically, what Kelly says is you would bet a bigger size for a minus 250 bet with a 5% edge than you would for a plus 250 bet with a 5% edge. Kelly would also tell you that you would bet a bigger size for a plus 100 bet with a 10% edge than you would for a plus 100 bet with a 5% edge. Kelly sizes up when edge goes up and when likelihood of winning goes up. Okay, so that's really all you need to know about Kelly because knowing that will show you why Kelly doesn't really work in the real world. Okay, reason one why Kelly doesn't work in the real world is you're never going to know your edge and you're never going to know your win probability. You're going to have a you could have a prediction, right? Like you could have a model that 
spits out a win probability for a prop. And then you know what the implied value is that the sport, you know, the implied win probability from the sports book based on the line, you can use that to get an edge, but there's no way to like, you basically can only know in that situation that you're, you're wrong. Now, how wrong are you? I don't know. Are you more right than the sports book? I hope, right? That's, that's when you start making money is if you're more right than the sports book, but you could also be wrong. And basically every originator and every model I've seen, including my, my own, uh, overestimates their edge, right? You're, you're usually missing something. So that's why a lot of, uh, professional bettors will use sizes like a quarter of what Kelly recommends, AKA quarter Kelly. But what we do need to remember is that Kelly's using numbers, inputs that can't be accurately defined by us. Like we really don't know our edge and we don't know our win probability. So right there, you already have to be a little careful, right? Because we aren't giving it the right inputs that it wants to give a confident number. Now, number two, why Kelly doesn't really work in the real world. And this is kind of a weird one that I don't, I haven't really heard many people talk about, but I don't think people really know how big their bankroll is. And let me, let me expand on that, right? Because you might be saying like, Hey, put, put aside 5,000 for, for sports betting. And, you know, I'm using that as my bankroll. I think that's a situation where you have a pretty clear understanding of your bankroll, but, oh, and I, I, I have to mention this. Kelly gives you a number as a percent of your bankroll that you should bet. So to use Kelly, you have to know your edge, the win probability of the bet, and your bankroll. So that's why I'm making this stipulation about the bankroll. But if you say I set aside $5,000 to bet sports, have you actually, you know, like, are you going to dip into that, the winnings? Because Kelly, you know, Kelly's considering that you're just like not touching this bankroll, right? Or you're losing and, oh, you need to dip in like a hundred bucks here or there, you know, not a big deal. You win a little bit, dip into it. Maybe you're not. Maybe you truly have set this money aside, but then what if you lose it? Are you going to dip back into your pocket and like keep sports betting? Or are you just like totally retiring from sports betting? And I think, you know, many people don't, don't retire. So really what you have is a replenishable bankroll. You have 5,000 that you've kind of set aside, but you're probably willing to dip into your pocket a little bit more. So bankroll isn't really easy to define. Like I actually don't know our bankroll. I have an idea and um, I have a pretty good idea, but at any given point, I mean, also you have so many bets in play, your bankroll is fluctuating, you know, every, you know, every shot hit in the golf course technically like changes our bankroll number, right? Because we have all this money out there and it's like, that shot's good for us. That shot's bad for us. We need to make a bet in the middle of a tournament. What's our bankroll? You know, we have a lot of money out there that it could be going well. It could be going poorly. We don't exactly know like what the EV of our bets are in any given moment. So we don't actually know what our bankroll is. 
if we're betting with a lot of outstanding bets. And this, speaking of outstanding bets, brings us to number three, which is Kelly's essentially useless when you're calculating many simultaneous events, especially if they're correlated. Um, and this is going to happen no matter what you do, because if, if you're, so if you're someone like, um, who's playing a lot of different football slips, college football, NFL slips, I know a lot of people are in there blasting in, you know, 300 slips doing different iterations of, you know, games and lineups and stacks and whatnot. These events are all correlated, right? And they're all taking place simultaneously. So if you were to, if you were to make a decision, see what Kelly, what Kelly works for is if you just make one bet and then it ends and you make another bet and then it ends. But when all of these bets are taking place at the same time, Kelly breaks down. So, and this is the situation we had at the Ryder Cup. We basically found a spot that was pretty incredible for a correlated parlay during the Ryder Cup. This is not on the DFS apps. This is on Sportsbook. And we didn't know exactly how correlated it was. We couldn't even necessarily... I, I felt like, you know, we could price the price the bet, but I wasn't con- like super confident in our pricing, but I knew it was like a really, really good bet. And, and I didn't know how much we should be betting and how many iterations of it we should be doing. And this is really what got me thinking about this because I, this is what I would call like, you know, a once every six month spot. Um, so I knew we wanted to bet big. But you get kind of nervous if when you're really um, laying down a lot of money. And I talked to my partner, Dame Dalla, and we had a conversation like, how how much do we want to bet? How much do we want to bet on the spot? And we tried to do some iteration of Kelly calculating some kind of bet size. I remember, I think I, I text or I messaged him like, yeah, I just tried to do Kelly for like, I tried to figure out a Kelly number for like 15 minutes and I just have absolutely no clue how much we should be betting on this. And in situations like these, which are these high leverage spots, it's important that you do have some um, systems that you can fall back on some thought processes that can at least like push you to an answer that will work. Because you have to do something there, right? Like, I know we have to bet something. What do we bet? Well, in this situation, I basically looked at it like this. One, no situation's so good that's worth, you know, going broke or like cutting your bankroll in half. It, it It's just not worth it. Because your bankroll as a better is a tool. The more money that you have in your bankroll essentially the more money you can make and the worst thing that can happen to you as a better is to be broke and not be able to, you know, um, execute your skill because you have no money. You can't bet all of a sudden you can't earn. Right. So number one is always don't go broke. That's the goal. Just don't be broke. Right. That's goal. Number one order of operations. One, don't be broke. So that's, that's a given. And, you know, we're pretty conservative. So we were talking and this, this is like, 
this is literally what we said. We're like, okay, so don't go broke. But then it's like once in a, we're like, this is, this is one of those dream spots. So we can't, we don't want to, we know it won't be there anymore. Like we probably won't see this again. So we also don't want to regret not taking a big shot here. So then we basically went back to the last big shot we took, which we lost actually. It was, we lost 70 grand betting on Steph. (laughs) This is so insane. We lost 70 grand betting on Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to beat Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in the 12 hole golf match in Vegas. So that was our biggest loss. Right. And I, I remember like that stung, but business as usual the next day, like we were able to sit back down and just keep grinding. And eventually like, I didn't really remember it that much. Right. So I was like, well, okay, I want to bet. I want to risk at least 70 grand. Right. Like, if uh, I remember what it was like to lose the 70, it didn't kill us. We were able to proceed from there and keep betting and keep making money. So like, this is one of those spots where I'm willing to risk a good chunk of money. And that's basically what we arrived at. We're like, look, there are limitations when you're, when you're um, making bigger bets. It's not always, you're not always going to get, as much as you want or whatnot. But we, we kind of came to, we kind of like cobbled together this decision of like, what are we comfortable with? What is a number that is not going to like wreck us psychologically and allow us to keep betting, you know, keep betting and keep making money. If we lose, if we lose every single one of the bets, AKA like the 70 grand, will we be able to, will we be able to like, live our lives normally and keep a good mindset. Like that's important too, because your mindset as a better is another tool, just like your bankroll. Having a good mindset is going to allow you to make better bets, put in more volume, um, learn more. Like that is another tool, right? So you got to protect your bankroll and you got to protect your mindset. And that's something that I didn't really do early in my career. And it caused me a lot of stress because I don't think like I was valuing my mindset. I just thought, oh, this is like the mathematical amount you should be betting. And if you're not betting it, like something's wrong with you. And if you get upset, if you lose, something's wrong with you because the math says bet that. But like, as I got older, I realized it's just as much about like understanding yourself and catering to that too, like not being too upset, not trying to like change yourself where you don't really need to be changed. And I feel like you have like this separate bankroll in your mind of like anxiety and frustration. And you don't want to like drain that too much either. So like both kind of combine into like one big pot of what I would call like your overall bankroll mindset and money. And I think that's how you got to look at, um, that's like a good framework to look at your betting holistically through. And there, there's one, there's one last nuance of Kelly that I think is super important to understand. And it couldn't be summarized better than this tweet I read from LU. Um, I'm going to mess up his last name, but Fustel. He's a great follow on Twitter, super smart, has a, has a really good book. I would, I would recommend uh, looking him up. But he said, 
he was talking about models that he's made and he's observed their outcomes. He said, in every model I've looked at, um, or he, he sums up his models. He says, okay, 4% expected EV, he's observed 3% EV. So that, that means when he has a model that says the EV is 4% over the long period of time, the actual EV is 3%. This goes back to what I was saying before. Everyone who originates and makes makes models overestimates their EV. It, it's just like a fact of nature, right? 6% observed, or sorry, 8% expected, 6% observed. Then he says, and this is where it's really funny, it's 25% expected, observed is negative 4%. So Kelly will make you bet the biggest when you're the most wrong. And this... I know this is a little confusing, but basically what's happening is like you've completely missed something. Like it could be you, your model doesn't know that um, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is out or there's some, you know, something of that magnitude. So your model's like, this is an absolute smash. Like you have to bet the Chiefs here. And then it turns out that in that situation, like you're just so wrong. So you're actually losing, but you don't realize it and you're sizing up massively, right? Now, this situation really only applies to if you're building your own models. If you're doing something more market-based, you can be a little more, uh, you can be a little less anxious about being like incredibly wrong if you're going off the market, which is basically like you're using a combination of everybody's models, the sharp betters, the sports books, whatever. If you're just using your own, be very, very careful. I remember someone had another quote about this. They were saying like, it's like this really good horse better. He said something like, um, when I, you know, when I'm getting, when my model shows four to one on a five to one favorite, I know it's a good bet. And when it shows four to one on a 15 to one favorite, I know I'm wrong. Something like that, basically. Uh, so anyway, that's a situation where you have to be careful of Kelly because when it shows this massive, massive edge, you're probably wrong, but you are going to be told to bet really big. So I want to just close out by going over my thoughts here. And I still think Kelly's good to know and having a bet sizing formula is a good tool. I think this is like a theme when I've started making this content, like I see a couple themes that I wouldn't have predicted, like I uh, wouldn't have predicted come up, but really it, it's, it's about how everything's just a tool. An odd screen is just a tool. Your model is just a tool. Kelly is just a tool. Unfortunately, there's not going to be a firm answer, which is kind of frustrating, but if you can, live in a little bit of a gray area where you're using all these different inputs as tools and not as definite truths, you will do well. So Kelly is a tool. I think you should know it. But what's more important to ask yourself when it comes to your bet size and your bankroll is questions like, how much are you able to lose in a day without causing yourself serious distress? Uh, how good is the spot that's in front of you? How rare is it, Right. Is this something that's going to, you know, stick around for a while? Like you're getting like a 2% 
edge on some you know passing yards prop or is this like a weird correlation spot that you think the site's going to take down in two days that matters like you should go really hard in the latter situation and you might have time to kind of ease into an earlier situation um how big is your bankroll you know keep trying to figure that out like i said it's a little more complicated than we originally think but keep trying to figure that out and then another thing is like you know know how long you've been doing this impacts how objective you can be about your edge your sizing and whatnot if you were newer i would just there's there there's no harm in being more conservative i think once you've seen so many bets and so many different spots and can understand what like a dream spot actually is because when i first started betting i was like oh this is a dream spot like 15% edge like this won't come 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 along again or whatever and it turns out like my model was wrong and that spot came along every week or whatever i think now i have a better understanding of like what a dream spot is what the rare spots are like when to push it when to pull back but it took a lot of time right so at first i would just i would always err on the side of caution but especially at first um i would make make sure that your default is you know you know it looks good but i'm just going to pull back just a little bit that being said though i always say this correlation is a good spot if your play is a correlation play and it has this is this is actually i was didn't even think i was going to talk about this but when two things or three things combined your certainty increases and there i think you can bet a bigger percentage of kelly right so like let's say you have a play that has good expected value on the number has correlation has shown some good market movement in the direction like the more things that line up the more confident you can be if you just have a number from your model you know i really don't think you should be you should be um confident sizing up but if the market your model the correlation like everything's telling you it's a go that's when you can start sizing up like we had a system in like one of the earlier iterations of our model is we basically like if we got market confirmation we would double the size of our bet so we had a bet size if there was market confirmation from sports books we respected we would double the size very simple but it actually made us like a lot more money than what we were doing originally which was like just basing our bet size off our calculated kelly edge on our model so when we like use the market to size up and size down, it did wonders for us. So anyway, I hope that helps. I know this is like, no, actually, you know, I find this stuff pretty interesting. I always love hearing people talk about um, kind of more the money management side of it because it's so important. And like, you do get nervous, like gambling, you get nervous about, you know, risking your money and whatnot. So anyway, I hope this helps. I appreciate everybody who's, you know, coming by and listening. I guess if I have one ask, because, you know, I don't, I don't do ads. Um, if you could just 
rate, give, you know, give this podcast a rating if you like it, you know, if you don't like it, I don't know, <laughs> don't give it a rating. So yeah, just, just give me a rating and uh, appreciate everybody who listened and I'll see you on the next episode.